Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, as we go back and forth on all the numbers of the day, GDP versus the job market still being really good, uh, we want to go beyond those headlines. Uh, and look at some of those holes in the workforce uh, with millions of baby boomers uh, having left the workforce, a low birth rate, the great resignation uh, during the course of the pandemic. The United States faces a, a real talent shortage. And there's some new research out from our friends down at U Science uh, that shows uh, we're just we're not ready to fill it. Uh, and it's not because we don't have the right kind of talent. Uh, the reality is, is our young people uh, have the the right pieces, the right interests, uh, but they're not pursuing a lot of things that they might really be qualified for. So, so what's going on? Uh, really pleased to have joining us on the program Edson Barton, who's the founder and CEO of U Science, and also Jerry Larson, uh, Chief Operating Officer of U Science. Thanks to both of you for joining us today. And uh, Edson, let's start with you in terms of this new data uh, and what it means in terms of student ability. Uh, and what that means in terms of uh, exposure and really getting on a path to fill a lot of those jobs that need to be filled. Yeah, thanks, Boyd. I think one of the primary things that the report indicates is that the students throughout the United States, and in particular in Utah, we have the aptitudes. People have that inherent talent to be able to accomplish what they need. But the challenge is that students from a very young age are dismissing certain careers, just putting them out of their mind because they don't have the direct interest in those. Um, And that's causing a disconnect with our actual labor market. Um, As an example, I was speaking with a group of our aerospace uh, industry not too long ago, and they said they could hire 2,000 new employees in the aerospace field throughout Utah. Um, but they can't get those people to apply for those jobs that they have. And we know that from the results that we just published that there is a tremendous amount of students, both male and female, from all different races and genders, that have the aptitude to go into those advanced manufacturing careers, but they're not applying. They're not going there uh, because later on in their in their education career, they're just not – uh, feeling like that's where they should be. Oh, fascinating stuff. And and often when we talk about this, uh, you know, skills and, and aptitudes versus interest, uh, we've looked at that uh, a lot over the year, and you've done really deep dives on this as it relates to uh, to women in the workforce and, and young girls in particular. Uh, and this one seems to really broaden it in terms of really all students. And, uh, Jerry, help us dig into the numbers a little bit in terms of what we're seeing, both in terms of that aptitude and interest and where that gap seems to be. Yeah, absolutely. We have sliced the data in myriad ways. Um, Some of them have been just juniors and seniors. Some of them have been, you know, across all of the grades from 9 through 12. 
um, and younger as well. As we've looked at the data specifically with women and females, we have 4x the aptitude for computer technology than interest, and the things as crazy as 10x the aptitude for advanced manufacturing than interest, um, 30x for energy fields mm. than interest, especially with females. And as like the picture perfect person who needed you science 20 years ago who had the master's degree in English and ended up as a COO, um, it really comes down to an exposure gap, right? Yeah. I, I just didn't know what all was available. It was kind of, you know, I was like, well, it's health science or I'm really good at this thing over here. I guess I'll do that. And if I had known at the time, you know, what, where my true aptitudes lie and as I'm a fixer, I, you know, I put two and two things together. I'm a gap filler. What would that have done to my career trajectory, right? I'm lucky to have ended up sort of where I feel like I'm happiest and best suited, but for those folks who just can't, it really comes down sometimes to a traditional piece. It comes down to culture biases. It comes down to just not knowing. And we're trying to make sure that that talent gap is not actually like known as a talent gap. It needs to be identified as what it is, which is an exposure gap. Yeah. Uh, and let's dig into that, uh, Edson. Uh, help us understand that a little more in terms of how we can uh, shrink that exposure gap. Uh, because uh, as Jerry uh, brilliantly pointed out, uh, a lot of times you, you just don't know. You So you go the traditional route. It's like, oh, well, this makes sense or I could make the most money here. Uh, but not really recognizing that we often have a lot of talents and skills and abilities uh, if we were just exposed to something. So how do we how do we go at that piece of the puzzle a little different in our education? Yeah, the the primary and the first thing we have to do is is start asking or stop asking kids, I should say, what they're interested in. While that's a really important aspect of life, the fact is is most students and most of us as adults as well. But certainly young people, they, they don't know truly what they're interested in because they haven't been exposed to different things. Mm. So as an example, if I'm a, a student and, and my parents, uh, you know, my dad was a truck driver, for example. So I had lots of exposure to trucks, to, to big equipment and things like that. And so I naturally had kind of this interest in it because my dad was interested in those types of things. What I wasn't exposed to were people who were in the engineering field, for example. I didn't know anybody that was an engineer growing up. And so because of that, I, there's no way that I could have an interest in something that I don't understand. And so for kids, primarily, we find that they're highly interested in the arts and sports and those types of things. But the, and then the very traditional roles, doctor, lawyer, things that kind of just get passed down from generation to generation. But what about aerospace engineering? What about um, specialized health technicians? What about these other careers? Well, that's what we're trying to do is when we look at somebody's aptitude, we can kind of shed away some of the biases that are out there, focus on their real true talent, and then serve up a whole host of new opportunities, career opportunities that they may never have even thought of before. And for people around the country, it opens their eyes in just a, a new way of what their future can hold for them. Yeah. And uh, Jerry, I've, I've always said that the most important a teacher, thing a teacher does is is not just teaching the discipline of learning, uh, but really sharing that love of learning, uh, because that really is the, the world that we live in. And most uh, of our students today are going to go through 
uh, all kinds of different job iterations, and they're actually preparing for jobs that probably don't even exist yet. Uh, how do we how do we get uh, at that again? Kind of going back to the exposure point, is this about more apprenticeships and internships? Uh, what are some of the ways that we should be thinking about? Uh, having our children get exposed to kind of these broader things that might just spark uh, some of that passion, interest, and aptitude? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's estimated that, you know, we have as many as eight, 85 million unfilled jobs by 2030 um, by, you know, a few studies that are out there. So it definitely is a concern. One of the things that we recommend is making sure that they're, um, that those wonderful, wonderful educators who are trying every single day to make education relevant and appropriate and helping our kids out, make sure that it's using career-connected learning, that they are looking towards industry. We need to strengthen the connection between education and industry. Um, if I, you know, I, I know that, for example, in, in my school district, the kids in seventh grade have to go have a career shadow day, and I'm like, hallelujah, make sure, you know, make sure that they get to get into those offices and, and you know, connect with some of those things that they get to see so that it's not just oh, I'm going to learn these five things and then jump into the workforce and have no idea what's next. But they've seen it. I know that there are so many wonderful programs out there. We need to pour energy and, and effort into those programs to make sure that the, the industry doesn't see education as just this thing that they have to do, but that they see them as a partner. Oh, I love that. That's such a, a critical part of the conversation. Jerry Larson, Chief Operating Officer of U-Science, Edson Barton, founder and CEO of U-Science. This is really critical data, really important information. Uh, and it's important for all of us that we always talk about this in terms of our young people. Uh, all of us uh, can do uh, a little bit more in terms of what we're exposed to uh, because there are all kinds of opportunities out there that I think we often miss because we simply don't know they're there. Thanks to both of you for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. Thank you, Boyd. We'll step aside for a quick commercial break. Uh, I've often said that many speeches are better read than said, and I'm going to show you one as it relates to the R word, recession, inflation, and how you motivate and inspire a nation. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 